Luke chapter 10, and let's start with verse 30. If you've, been, if you've been in this church for years, you've heard me teach this before. It's been about nine or ten years ago. Uh, but if you've heard this before, it's like a bowl of pinto beans. You, you get them out of the refrigerator, and they're better the second time, right? Yeah, so uh, verse 30, Luke chapter 10 and verse 30. A lawyer, by the way, a lawyer had just asked Jesus, what, what am I supposed to do to have eternal life? He's trying to justify himself in his, uh, in his uh, ungodliness. In verse 30, and Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, wounded him, departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he is at that place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. Went to him, bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus, Go and do thou likewise. Let's pray. Can we, Father, in the name of Jesus, give us the revelation that's in your word today. Give us wisdom. If there's anybody in this house that's not right with you that needs their relationship renewed with you, I ask that you move today, God, in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. We've always called this verse of Scripture the uh, parable of the Good Samaritan. You've always heard of it as the parable of the Good Samaritan. The, you know, the truth that the parable of the Good Samaritan is be neighborly, love your neighbor, do what you can for your neighbor. And there's great ministries uh, that are based on this principle. One, for instance, is uh, Franklin Graham, the Samaritan's First, which is a tremendous ministry, and I encourage you to give to it. Franklin Graham being Billy Graham's son, whom I respect greatly. Somebody say, well, he wasn't a tongue talker. Well, that don't mean nothing to me. He preached the gospel. Amen. So, uh, uh, so uh, anyway, uh, that's a truth that um, the truth here that, that we should give to our neighbors and love our neighbors is, is, is in that parable. Uh, but we call that a parable, but I want you to notice something. It says, and Jesus answered and said, look, a certain man. Now, when Jesus gave parables, he would say, the kingdom of God is like unto. The kingdom of heaven is likened unto. But this is a story about a certain man. This is a story, not a parable, about a certain man. Now, here's what I have found out in serving God 40 some odd years. The Word of God is, is uh, like if I went over here to the mountains and I sit up on a mountaintop and I looked north, I would have one view from that mountain peak. 
But if I turned and looked south on the same mountain peak, I'd have a completely different view. Is everybody okay today? Everybody okay? Uh, that's the way the Word of God is. The same Scripture can lend itself to two different truths. The Scripture can lend itself to being a, a, a good Samaritan. But I'm going to show you something else that's in this story right here too because uh, on the same Scripture, there's an entirely different truth. What if I were to suggest to you that contained in this parable, now listen to me, contained in this parable is the story and the history of God's dealings with man from the beginning to the end. What if I said I'm about to show you that in this parable, from Adam all the way through the Old Testament, all the way into the New Testament, all the way to Christ's second coming, is contained in that story that we just read. You say, well, I didn't see that. I, it didn't say nothing about that to me. Well, hang on, because we're going to find it, okay? Uh, Let's look at it. Go with me again. Go to verse 30. Jesus answered and said, a certain man. Let's, for our story's sake today, let's say that certain man is the first man, Adam. The first man, Adam. A certain man, Adam, went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He went down means in the Greek he fell. He fell from an exalted place to a lower place. He went from Jerusalem. Jerusalem means a city of peace, a place of peace with God. Jerusalem means peace. So he went from having peace with God to Jericho. Jericho is a stronghold, a fortified stronghold in your life. So this first man, Adam, when he fell, went from walking in peace with God to a stronghold had him. Can anybody say amen? amen? Now watch. It says that when he, a certain man Adam went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, now look what happened to him. Three things. He fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, wounded him four things actually, and departed, leaving him half dead. Look what happened to this the first man Adam. Look what happened to him. He went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves. The thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. So he fell among thieves. He fell under the, uh, he was subjected to demon spirits. How many know that that's our main problem in life? Yeah. He fell among thieves. He fell among demon spirits. And look what happened. When he fell up under the jurisdiction of demon spirits, look at the first thing they did. Stripped him of his raiment. Now, if you go back and study in Genesis, when God created man, your Bible says that he crowned him with glory and honor. And he gave him authority over all of the garden and said, dress it and keep it. So as soon as the first man, Adam, fell among thieves, the thieves came up to him and said, give us your raiment. They stripped him of his raiment and said, give us that cloth, that clothing of authority, that glory, that honor that God's put on you. You no longer have any glory. You no longer have any honor. You're a wretched sinner. That's what you are now. Give us your authority. So they took his glory, his honor, and his authority from him. How many know that's what the devil wants to do? Watch this now. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among thieves, 
They stripped him of his raiment and wounded him. Sickness came when Adam fell. Our human bodies were not created to have disease and sickness in them. There was no disease or sickness or, or uh, illness in the garden until Adam fell. So they stripped him of his raiment, wounded him, and, and this is an interesting statement, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, how's somebody halfway dead? Uh, if you hold your hand, I'm coming back, but if you go over to Genesis chapter 2, in verse 17, I'll show you something. They, they left him half dead. In verse 17, uh, God said this. He said, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. The verse before, he says, you can eat of every tree in the garden. Just the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest it, eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Well, in the day you eat it, you're going to die. Well, Adam and Eve ate it, and they didn't die in the day that they ate of it. But what it says in the Hebrew there, it says, in the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. It says, in the day that you eat of it, in dying, you shall die. He left them half dead. See, when Adam fell, in dying, you shall die because he died spiritually. Because on the inside he died, now on the outside we die. But thank God Almighty, when we get saved because on the inside we live, <laughs> now on the outside we live. Amen. But uh, so they departed, leaving him half dead. That he was alive physically. But now he's dead spiritually, which is the way every unsaved person is. Says, and by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Hmm. And likewise, a Levite, when he saw, was at that place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. There wasn't a whole lot of help, was there? The man's laying in the road, half dead, wounded, stripped of his raiment, miserable and wretched the same way you were before God saves you. And, and watch this. And here comes religion, and religion walked right past him and didn't do a thing for him. Now, 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 now watch. The, the, the priest... Was uh, the priests were in charge of the sacrifices and the rituals and all that religious stuff? Church and religion and sacrifices and it, it can't save. Church has never saved one person. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Nobody's ever been saved because they go to church. You can have your baptismal certificate. You can have your church membership, and it don't make you no more saved. And it always, it always kind of amuses me when folks who come from other denominational backgrounds come to this church, and they decide they want to start coming to church here, and they say, can I get my letter moved to this church? Okay. <laughs> you can move your letter. 
bring it on. <laughs> Whatever that is. <laughs> so the priest couldn't help him. And then the Levite. The Levites were the guys, they were the praise and worship guys. Levites had two main things they did. They did praise and worship, and they were the doorkeepers in the church, the doorkeepers and the praise and worship people. Uh, you, you, can, you can be all about the praise and worship. You can jump. You can shikamoshai. You can shake. You can rattle. You can do it all while praise and worship's going on. But that still don't save you. Now, if you save, you're going to do all of that. But just cause you, I, you know, you hear somebody say, I'm going to put my praise on. Well, put your praise on. That don't mean you put Jesus on. There's a whole lot of people put their praise on on Sundays and live like a devil the rest of the week. Come into church and just jump and speak in tongues and go out and cuss and drink and spit. Mm-hmm. So this certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among thieves and they stripped him of his raiment. They wounded him, departed, left him half dead and by chance came the priest. See, it, it wasn't God's perfect plan, but it was the plan that God had to have to bring man from where he fell to Jesus. And we had to have some way to stay in relationship with him. So he set up the sacrifices and the rituals and the atonements. And the, uh, but look at verse 33. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, had compassion. Now, you might say it's a stretch, Brother Steve, to call that Samaritan Jesus, but I want, because he had compassion, that's the ministry of Jesus. Now, 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 look at this. It says, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. Aren't you glad? Come on, somebody. I said, aren't you glad that Jesus came where you was? And he found you all up in your mess. He found you all up in your sin. How many of y'all, raise your hand if you were perfect before Jesus found you. No, you wasn't. Put your, if you raise, put your hand down, Mark. You still got problems now, you say. <laughs> no, I'm going to tell you something. I can, I, in, a, in a thousand years, I can never thank Jesus enough because he came where I was. He came up in the middle of an old smoky, stinky bar room and found a, a, a rock musician that was addicted to drugs and alcohol. And he came where I was. And when he, the Bible says, when he looked on me, he had compassion. And when he looked on you, he had compassion. The love of God, the love of God, the love of God, the love of God. Now watch what the Samaritan did. But as he journeyed, Where's my clock today? Y'all got me without a clock. I'm louder. Where's it at, Taylor? You burn it up. Okay. Well, y'all allowed to get out late or early. I don't know what time you're going to get out today. Let me get my watch where I can keep up with myself. But look at this Samaritan. He said that, uh, said he came where he was and he had compassion. Now, watch this. And went to him and bound up his wounds. 
That's the ministry of Jesus. Aren't you, aren't you glad that Jesus provided healing and the atonement? He took 39 stripes across his bloody back. The Roman soldiers had perfected that thing to an art. They could strap a man to a post. They could beat him with a cat of nine tails, and that cat of nine tails had little balls of iron and jagged rocks and stuff, and they could riff his flesh and riff his flesh and riff his flesh till his internal organs would be hanging out. You could see his bone. They could riff him, and they could get him within an inch of his life, and they could still let him live long enough to suffer the crucifixion. They knew how to put as much punishment on a man as they could. You've heard it. You know, I just want to take, I got to take about 10 seconds and just give my Jesus praise for suffering the crucifixion and suffering those 39 stripes on his back. If you can ever see him for who he is, he deserves our glory. Yes, he does. He deserves our glory. He went to him and bound up his wounds. Watch, watch this now. Pouring in oil and wine. Watch the ministry of Jesus. Oil and wine. He anointed my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Oil maketh the heart glad. Oil here is a type of salvation. And wine is a type of the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Jesus brought salvation, and then Jesus sent the baptism in the Holy Ghost. He poured in oil and wine healed the man poured in oil and wine that's that's jesus's ministry salvation physical healing the baptism in the holy spirit this is jesus in this story poured in oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to it in now a beast uh the number of beasts the type of beast that a man had represented his authority in that, in that town. Uh, it's like today, the, the more money a man has, you think he's got more authority. Uh, the, the beast spoke of that man's position. For instance, when Elijah went and found Elisha, he found Elisha plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and Elisha was with the 12th. That means that he had 12 yoke of oxen. They were all going in a circle. And Elisha was on the outside overseeing all of it. See, Elisha was a man of prominence because he, he wasn't running some little podunk farm where he was behind a donkey with one plow. He had 12 yoke of oxen. And he was doing something quite substantial. So he was somebody. That was his place that, that represented his authority. So when Jesus poured in oil and wine. He set us on his own beast. He gave us back his authority. That's why he said in the New Testament, all power, the word power there is translated authority. All authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and preach the gospel. So he set us on his feast. We are in, we walk in his authority. Everybody okay? Am I boring y'all? Okay. Watch this. Set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn. Now, now, what would that be? He got him saved. Where does Jesus put us when he gets us saved? In the church. So the inn, the place that a person abides, is 
the church. I don't want to get ugly, but I'm going to tell you this. Don't come at me with, I don't have to go in church to be a Christian. No, but if you're a Christian, you're going to want to go to church. That's for all you people at home watching me, okay? And you say, well, I'll never come to your church now. You may be mad. Well, you're not here anyway. <laughs> I'm not. Hey, listen, David said, I was glad when they said unto me. Let us go into the house of God. Another place he said, there's one thing that I have desired and that have I sought after, that I might dwell in your house. <laughs> These people who, Lord help me to stay sweet, but, but these people who, well, we, we can't find a church that we really like around here and there's really not anybody with a word like we want to hear around here. Nobody's got the kind of word that we hear. So we watch Mr. Billy Big Shot on TV, and we stay at home and watch Mr. Billy Big Shot. Well, when you're in the hospital, call him, come pray with you. <laughs> and and uh, I'll bet you this. I'm not, you know, betting's not the right thing to do, but I would, I would, I would say this: those who are so spiritual that they're too spiritual to come to church, are also too spiritual to be paying tithes and honoring God with the first fruit of their substance too. Because anybody staying at home, most of them's keeping their money, and a lot of times that's what it comes down to—the money. Say, you just want my money, Brother Steve. L -l Listen, they pay me whether you pay tithes or not. And, and I don't get any more or any less on, on what you tithe. When you tithe, it opens the windows of heaven over your life. Not my life, your life. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I, I never will forget, I, the church was about five years old, and I went to see a brother one time in the hospital. He was having surgery, and uh, he was an ornery old cuss. He really was. And I'm sitting beside his bed, and, and, uh, and he starts in on this. He don't believe in a rapture, and he don't believe in a literal New Jerusalem, and he don't believe that preachers should get paid, that, that they ought to work for the gospel for, for free, and and, and, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. And I got up, I stood up, and I said, well, I got to go, brother. He said, where are you going? I said, I got to go get a job. You just took my job from me, and I can't, I can't come pray for you. I got to be on the job working. He just looked at me kind of weird. I will tell you this, it wasn't about two months and he come bringing a big old offering into the church and gave it to him. <laughs> I don't know how I got on all that, but anyway. Took care of him and, and put him in an inn. I believe the inn is the church. I believe 
that you need to be in a listen if, if you if, listen this i'm gonna shake that bush one more time for people who are not in a local church listen to what i'm telling you god's here's how god's the, the gospel program works in ephesians he tells us that he has given Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, for the perfecting of the saints so the saints can do the work of the ministry. Now, 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 now listen. That means that you've got to be under one of those fivefold gifts so the hand of God can be perfecting means maturing. So the hand of God can be maturing you so you can do the work of the ministry. Now, I know that's upside down from what a lot of y'all thought. Because a lot of y'all thought that the preacher did all the work. No. My job is to train you and mature you so you can build the kingdom of God. But if you refuse to get up under the hand of God, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, if you refuse to get up under the hand of God, then you're you're not even in the gospel program. You're not even in nothing that Jesus set up. Everybody okay? Yeah. Brush Steve, that's mean. No, that's the truth. He went to him, bound up his wounds, poured in oil and wine, set him on his own beast, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. See, Jesus will take care of you in the church. In the end. He'll take care of you within the church. You, you, listen, you get out on your own, you're going to get your head knocked off. I need you guys in my life. I mean, without y'all, I'm going to be in serious trouble because I know the devil already hates me and he hates you. Amen? You know, uh, let me show y'all how this is off my subject, but I just thought about it and I'm old and my mind rambles and that's you just got to put up with me because I'm, I'm getting older and that's the way it is now. But, uh, but uh, and some of y'all know my story, but listen, listen to this right here. So Donna and I were in the hospital. It was Thursday of this week that this happened. And this nurse lady come in. And we were talking to her. And her and Donna looked at each other. And they both about the same time said, don't I know you? And then the lady said, oh, my God, I remember you. Y'all were here 12 years, 10, 12 years ago. She pointed at me and said, you you had the liver transplant and about died. And she said, you spent a, a year in intensive care here and everything. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, she said, yeah, this is what she said. She said, all of us, we all knew how sick you were. And she said, and something happened to you in one day. She said, and the doctors are walking up and down the hall calling you a miracle man. <laughs> and, and, and you know... I remember when all that happened, but, you know, after a decade or more, your mind kind of, actually, you get to thinking, did that really happen or not? But this lady, while I'm there in the hospital getting checked for cancer, comes in and says, oh, I remember you. You're the guy that had a miracle. And and do you know what I said to her? You know what I said to her? I said, yes, ma'am. I said, that was me. And if I need another miracle, God will give me another one. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Went to him, poured in oil and wine, uh, brought him to an end, took care of him. 
Now, watch this. It takes a turn right here. I want you to follow close with me. It gets, gets prophetic right here. It says, I didn't say pathetic. I said prophetic. <laughs> and on the morrow, I'm in verse 35. On the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence. Now, a pence is a day's pay. Even last week, remember I talked about the 11th hour, and he paid him a pence to work all day? A pence is a day's pay. It was a Roman soldier's day's pay. It was a, in the Old Testament, it was a redemption. It was the price of a redemption sacrifice, a pence. Isn't that something, the price of a redemption sacrifice? It says he took out two pence and gave them to the host. Now, i got to stop right there a minute. Who in the world is this host? If, if, if Jesus put us in the end, and the end is the church, then who's hosting the church? Somebody tell me. The Holy Ghost. Because he sent the Holy Ghost to, to host the church, right? The Holy Ghost is in us. The Holy Ghost is in us. So he said to the host, said, uh, take care of him. And whatsoever you spendeth more when I come again, I will repay you. Now, 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 now watch this right here. Boy, this gets deep. Right here it does. It gets deep. Watch it. He says, uh, two pence, two days pay. Now, if, if, I, if, I, if I pay you for two days pay, and I say, if it's any more, I'll pay you when I come back, that means that I'm assuming that about two days pay will be enough to cover it. Everybody okay? I gave you what I thought it would be. You know, Jesus said that of the hour that he would return, no man knows, not the angels in heaven, not even he himself, only his father knows for sure when he will return. And here, this good Samaritan who is Jesus says, I'm going to pay you for two days. And if there's any difference, when I get back, I'll... Uh, I think I'm coming back around two days. But if it's any, any difference, I'll, I'll pay you when I get here. Now watch this. A day with the Lord is as a thousand years. Y'all don't, don't cut me off right now or you get lost. Stay with me. A day with the Lord is as a thousand years. And a thousand years is as a day. Two days pay. The day with the Lord says a thousand years, a thousand years is as a day. From Adam to Jesus was four days. From Jesus to now is two days. Four plus two is six. God created the heavens and the earth in six days. And on the seventh day, he rested. What's God's prophetic time clock? From Adam to Jesus is four days. From Jesus to now is roughly two days. And then as soon as the rapture happens, we're going into a millennial reign seven years later, which is the seventh day. Where are we at on that time clock? We're at the end of the sixth day. Or if you will, the second day from Jesus. We're at the end of of the sixth day about to go into the seventh day. I don't think it's time to be playing around with Jesus. I don't think it's time. No, 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 no. Watch this. Watch this. He says, um, 
two pence. Just in case you think I made all that up, let me show you some scriptures. Luke chapter 13. I'm, I'm going to come back to where we're at, but, so you might want to mark your flag. But Luke chapter 13, look at what it says. Go to Luke chapter 13. And uh, let's see who we need to be. Luke chapter 13 and verse 30 31. That same day there came certain of the Pharisees saying unto him, Get thee out and depart hence, for Herod will kill you. You better run, Jesus. How many of y'all know Jesus wasn't up for running from nobody? You going to tell Jesus to run from Herod? He'll melt him down into worms if he wanted to, right? And he said unto him, go you. He said, you want me to run? You go tell him. He said, you go and tell that fox. Now, here's the thing. Jesus, what he's doing, he's doing out in the open. He said, but he calls Herod a fox. A fox is somebody that slips around, sneaks around in private and tries to, tries to you know, do something without being noticed. He said, basically what he said was, here I am. You go tell that fox. If he wants some of me, come get it. That's basically what he was saying. And he said, he said, uh, he said, go tell that fox. Behold, now watch this. Watch now. Behold, I cast out devils and I do cures. Watch him. Today and tomorrow. That's 2,000 years from Jesus' time. I'll do cures today and tomorrow. Oh, oh, watch now. And the third day, I shall be perfected. Come on, somebody. He said, for 2,000 years, I'm going to do cures and cast out devils. And then in the third day, perfection comes. That's the millennial reign. Do you see that? Now, 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 now go with me back over in your Old Testament and go to Hosea. Hosea is uh, right after Daniel and uh, Ezekiel and all them boys. Ezekiel and Daniel, Hosea chapter 6. Now, now watch this. I'm, I'm almost finished, but I want you to see this. It says in verse 1, Come and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn and he will heal us. He hath smitten and he will bind us up. Sometimes some of that stuff you got going on in your life, that trouble is because God give it to you. You say, God wouldn't do that to me. Yes, he, God loves your soul so much, he will smack you before you know what's going on with something. Just to get your attention. You tell me God won't do it. He, I've had him do it to me in the past. He'll do it. He will get your attention if he has to. It says, uh, come let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn and he will heal us. He hath smitten and he will bind us up. Watch now. Here we go. After two days, he will revive us. Get ready, there's a resurrection coming. After two days, he will revive us. Oh, and it goes on. And in the third day, he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. Good God Almighty. If I had some strength now, if I was younger, I'd shout all over this. He'll, he'll raise us up. That means he'll get our bodies up out of the grave. Because those that are with those that are Christ will he bring with him. 
when he comes back. That's what your Bible says. And at the trump of God, the dead in Christ will rise first. And, and, uh, and then we which are alive remain shall be changed. We'll meet the Lord in the air. Listen, there's coming a day where he's going to get your dead, rotten body up out of a grave and bring it back and put your spirit in it. And you're going to live in his sight. I want to tell you something. Y'all ain't never seen nothing. You, listen, you wait till I get up out of a grave one day. I'm going to be so good looking. And so will you. Brian, we're going to have a head full of hair. Y'all know when I, when, I was young, when I was young and playing in that band and all, I had hair. I mean, I had hair. My mother can shake her head. I had long hair down to my waist. And, and my hair was as pretty as my wife's. I had prettier hair than she did. And, and, and then as I got older, I lost my hair. And my dad, bless his soul, I miss him real bad. But he, he used to say this to me. He'd, he'd see a picture of me back then. He'd say, look, son, I want you to look. He said, you look, look at you. You was a heathen. And he said, and look what God done to you. <laughs> he, because you did all that, you bald-headed today, boy. <laughs> and all I could do was, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to live in his sight let that sink in just a minute we're going to you guys can come on down i'm going to be ready in a minute we're going to sing a song we're going to live in his sight think about that think about hey listen think about one day for us born again christians one day lord god i just lost my watch up here i can't keep up with the time man <laughs> look, look at me. I'm looking far in front, in front of There it is. <laughs> I'm getting to the place and laughing where I... Do, do y'all go into a room and forget what you came in there for? Who does that? Yeah. That's not just me then, okay. Can, listen, can you, can, you, can you imagine that one day we're going to live in his sight in a glorified body in a home and a mansion that his hands has prepared and we're going to live in a city that the walls are out of precious jewels and the streets are out of gold and the pearls the gates are out of pearl and our loved ones are there and this you'll talk about praise and worship my jesus until you can hear the praise and worship in heaven I, I, I was reading a book. I like to read books about heaven. And I was reading a book about heaven. And a man's uh, near-death thing. You know, you take them as a grain of salt. But this, I, I thought about this. This one guy said he, he, uh, he went to heaven and he was seeing these big choirs. And he, said in, and, and he said in one choir over here, it was all angels. And they were singing in, in a most beautiful way. He said in another choir over here, it was all human beings, and they were singing together. He said, then the biggest choir there was angels and humans together. Can you imagine standing next to an angel and singing? How about, how about a praise team? How about you guys? Y'all come on out. How about, in, in, how about in this praise team if it was half you guys and half angels? Wouldn't that be something? Huh? Wouldn't that be something? All right, watch this. See if you got this revelation. A certain man went down from Jerusalem. Think about it, what I'm telling you. Went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves. 
which stripped him of his raiment, wounded him, and left him half dead. Along come a certain priest, along come a Levite, and religion did nothing for him. But here come this guy full of compassion, and he poured in oil and poured in wine, and got him healed up, put him in the inn, and told the host, give me about two days, and I'll be back. Give me about two days, which meant it was the sixth day. Because I'm going to jerk every one of y'all up out of your flesh and pull you into the seventh day. I done looked over into the future. And we're looking better in the future than we look right now, I'm going to tell you. Did you hear what I say? I say, I done looked over into, in, into the future and we're looking better there than we look right now. Now I want to read one last scripture. And uh, I want you to think about this. Especially two or three of y'all that's been playing around and laying around and cutting up while I've been preaching. Y'all think I don't see you, but I do. I want you to listen to this. Your Bible says, Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. And then it goes on and says, Therefore, be ye ready. Therefore, be ready. For in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. He'll come like a thief in the night when you're not even expecting him. They didn't think it was going to rain. And they made fun of Noah till it started raining. And then they beat on the door and said, let us in. And once he comes, it's too late. Are y'all hearing what I say? I said, once you look around and we're gone and you realize the church is gone and the rapture's taking place, you missed it. And you're going to go through seven years of pure hell. Sometime on a Wednesday night, I'm going to teach on some of that, but you're going to go through seven years. Listen, if you're here today and you are not ready, Jesus said it, be ye ready. For I'm coming in an hour that you think not. Watch. You need to wake up every day of your life and say, this could be the day. This could be the day. Jesus could come today. See, my hope is I'm looking forward. I, I, I'm going to live in his sight. But if you're not saved, you don't have any hope. If you're not saved, you're, you're just looking for a certain fearful dread. You're looking for damnation. And the Bible says, for those of you that are not right with God, on you abides the wrath of God. The 
Lord God, now that I know what I know, if I were to get away from God, I, I couldn't drink enough liquor and take enough dope to get that out of my mind. The wrath of God's on me. The wrath of God's on me. I'm going to hell if I die. And you know, when you hit hell, it's forever and ever and ever. It never stops. There's never a place to lay your head and rest. There's no place to sit down. You're just there in space, in darkness, burning. How can I be in darkness and burning? Wait, hang on, you'll see. There's never a friendly voice that you know. Never a smile on a face of somebody that you knew. It's just on and on. Torment, torment, demons, people screaming, people crying, on and on. And actually, if you're in hell, you don't, you don't want to see anybody that you know. I'd be praying, God, please don't let me see nobody I know here. Please don't let me see my family. Not in this place. No. They're going to sing this song. Some of y'all should stand. Some of you should come down here and rejoice that he's going to raise you up and you're going to live in his sight. But there's a handful of y'all in here. You need to come down here and say, I don't want to miss God. I want to be ready. When the rapture, when the trumpet sounds and the rapture takes place, I want to go with the Christians. I don't, I don't want to have missed God and not be saved. When it starts to rain, I want to be on the ark, not about to drown in the rain. <laughs>